0: Join us, DJ and PK, Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. at Murdoch Chevrolet, 2375 South, 625 West, in Woods Cross. We'll be there all morning long. DJ and PK, it is time to talk a little college football now with Tim Brando, play-by-play broadcaster for Fox Sports. He's going to be calling the Cal-Utah game on Saturday. Tim, good morning.
1: Good morning, fellas. How you doing? It's good to be chatting with you. Can't wait to get to the As Beano Cook used to say, the the mountain time zone. Everybody forgets the mountain time zone. Can't wait to get there.
0: (laughs) All right, so you get to the mountain time zone, but the problem is uh, Cal's starting quarterback isn't going to be playing in the mountain time zone. Their backup quarterback might not be playing in the mountain time zone. Large chunks of their offensive line are injured and will not be playing in the mountain time zone. So you don't want to go into a game thinking you know everything that's going to happen because you know you might get crossed up. But right now, do you really think you're going to get crossed up?
1: Uh you know, t- t- wounded teams are dangerous. You know, wounded bears are dangerous. Right? Um I see what you did there. Time of year crazy things happen too. And with what's lying ahead for Utah, you know, that's the other issue. We've seen this happen before in college football. When you've got um you know, a game as, as important as the game with Washington at Washington lying ahead, uh, who's also you know, having a disappointing season. Uh, last week was a game they really needed. You know, you just have to live in the here and now. You know, and, and utah has been pretty good about that uh, through the years. Kyle Whittingham has done about as good a job as any coach in the country at um, at keeping his team focused. Now, they've struggled at the Coliseum. I think we all know that. That's That's been the speed bump that um, they've not been able to get past. But other than that... Uh, they've been they've been pretty focused and uh, a team that you could um, you could count on. But this is one of those classic traps. I mean, it is a because of all the injuries with Cal, because they're coming off the loss with Oregon State. You know, you begin to believe the tea leaves. You know, today's millennial cohort and and college athletics uh, is such. I mean, the coaches can talk a lot about staying focused and you know not hearing the noise, but I mean. You know they can pick up a phone and get any piece of information they want. And uh, Cal just went belly up to Oregon State. Okay, I mean that is about as bad as it gets. So, you know, Utah's got to. You know, it sounds sounds cliche, but it's true. They they've got to find a way to to not read tea leaves and 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 not have the noise get in the way of of their heads and get in the way of their thinking uh... in preparation of this game, right? They're pretty good about it. They're probably better than just about most, you know, not all, but most uh, teams in college football uh, at doing that. But that's—I think—that's the concern. That and obviously the, the the health of Tyler Huntley too. You know, is—is is he good to go? If he is good to go, uh, you know how yeah, how much strength will he have? Uh, can he play at a hundred percent? Probably not. Uh, how effective will he be if he's at 75, 80%? We don't know.
2: So going big picture. The Pac-12, I want to know what you think of where they stand, and I think the dream scenario at this point is that you have two 11-1 teams playing each other for the Pac-12 title, and that's obviously Oregon and Utah. Oregon with the Uh loss to Auburn early, and then also Utah with its loss uh, to SC, and I think that both teams would be in the, if not in, but close to the top 10 if if that scenario plays out that way, and there's still work to be done. Done, obviously, but just play with me here for a second. What do you think the winner would be able to get as far as some national respect with regard to the playoff? Whoever wins that game would be twelve and one.
1: Yeah, and you're not going to like hearing this, but but Oregon will get more love than than Utah Uh, because because Oregon did play that game, and people remember that that game could have very you know they controlled that game with Auburn. You know, for three, three and a half quarters, really, they control the game with Auburn. You know, we live in a world of images and impressions, as my friend Spencer Tillman likes to say. Uh, and I think the image and impression that Oregon has left is an ability to come from behind and win on the road, like they did a week ago. And and they really did outplay and probably deserve to win, but did not win that Auburn game. Uh, Utah does not have that same cachet, but uh, I I I. I I will tell you that the respect value for Kyle Whittingham is through the roof. Um, I'm sure you guys have been watching some of the big noon kickoff. and You've heard how many great things Urban Myers had to say about Kyle. Uh, the, the schedule for Utah just does not stack up as well uh, as Oregon's does, uh, non-conference. And, and I think that that's part of why Oregon is in a better p- position that, than Utah. But as a whole – the Pac twelve is just in trouble. Uh and it's not you know, it's just the way the thing is built. The the college football playoff is built for the pure playoff privilege. Uh and those are brand name teams and all of those name brand name teams right now are are east of the Red River. Uh they're they're just not out west at this stage. Uh and every time that the, the Pac twelve has been in a position to to elevate itself and put itself in a good position, uh And this was true when Cal had that great run at the beginning of the year. Boom. Uh, They took a a dive, and then they got hurt, and more things happened to them. Uh, Washington has been in the position more than a couple of times and for whatever reason just could not get over the hop. They are, without question, the most disappointing uh, team, I think, this year in the Pac-12. Most people thought that, particularly with Eason, they would get so much accomplished. And they just haven't. And frankly, I saw them against Arizona. It's not really been his fault. I mean, Easton's played well. He's had a lot of drop balls, and he's had a lot of uh, uh, receivers that just haven't gotten a lot of separation. When I look at when I look at your team, when I look at um, Utah, this is a classic Utah team. You know, a team that thrives on uh, consistent defense, but an offense that's uh, opportunistic. And uh, it's probably better than people realize. And when Huntley's right, uh, can get a lot done. Um, but step number one is to win this game. And to, as you said, be a one-loss team going in. I think it would be certainly to the benefit of the Pac-12 if both of those teams were one-loss teams. Because some teams out there could step their toes between now and then. Um, but I just don't know how precipitous a fall any of the teams that we're talking about that are in front of you, you're going to have. You know, if Alabama happens to lose and you know their quarterback's nicked up is not going to play, uh, at least until the LSU game, You know, they don't drop more than three or four spots when they lose. Um, and, and with the kind of year Joe Burrow's having, kind of probably the same story with them too. So it just makes the task at hand for any of the schools in the Pac-12 far more difficult. There
0: are two undefeated teams in the SEC, and there are three undefeated teams in the Big Ten, even though Wisconsin got lost. They had four there for, for a little while. Do you think those te- those conferences are going to have undefeated champions? Are they going to beat each other up? And if so, will that open the door from, for two teams from either of those conferences to get in?
1: Yeah, I, you know, look... Um, there's, these teams all have to play one another, and, yeah, they can all lose. And and, and this is the thing that's so screwed up about the narrative, uh, fellas, is that when we started the season, what was the narrative? The narrative was it's Clemson, Alabama, and then everybody else, correct? That's what it was. I mean, if you've watched the first uh, nine weeks of the season. Would you not say that there are at least, oh, gosh, nine or ten teams that could say, what about us yeah. in the playoffs? Well, would, you, would you say that?
0: Yeah, I think you
2: guys certainly got to go Ohio State, Oklahoma, LSU, off the top of my head right there.
1: Well, and and, and you know, you can't rule out Georgia because they still have sure. Florida uh, to play and they got Auburn to play and they've got an SEC championship. As bad as they look, they're still in the hunt. I mean, there are a lot of teams that are still in the hunt yeah. in, in all of these conferences. Penn State uh, is is – is is right there. And and look, if Wisconsin, even with a loss, I mean, let's say they they pull off a miracle and beat Ohio State. Do they launch back into the conversation with one loss? I'd suggest, yeah, they would. So what I'm saying is, there are so many more teams this year that can say, you know what, we we deserve a chance to be in the playoff than we had this time last year, that if we did expand to eight teams, we'd have a hell of a conversation. We would be talking about a sport that's riding high and scorching hot with interest because there are that many teams this year that look good enough that, uh, you know, the team that's right now in the eighth position, if they, if they beat the number one team, we wouldn't be shocked. But that's that's sort of the point. Right now, I kind of feel like you can count on Ohio State, LSU, Alabama, and after that, I don't think you can count on anybody—not even Clemson. You know, it, 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 even Clemson—they're um, you know, undefeated, but who have they beaten? And uh, Trevor Lawrence has thrown twice as many interceptions this year as he did a year ago. And they're not going to play anybody until they get into the playoffs That's any good? They're not. There's no one. There's no one in the ACC that they can play in their title game that would be nearly as good as either Utah or Washington. Right. <laughs> so, you know, we've got just so much more out there. To, to discuss with regard to uh, quality of teams, uh, the array of, of, of teams that are out there that could make a move between now and the first weekend in December championship Saturday. It, it sort of boggles the mind. But this is, again, where, and if, if you've seen any of my, my um, material on Twitter that I put out on Sundays, my own Brando's, you know, teams like Baylor and uh, Minnesota are undefeated and no one knows anything about them. And they're really good. Taylor is outstanding. I saw them win at Oklahoma State last week. Uh, Charlie Brewer is an outstanding quarterback. He's got 2 four, three, five, four, four receivers on either side. Uh, and a running back in Jermichael Hastie, who is nasty. I mean, nasty. Uh, but no one knows, and no one really cares, because they're not a part of the pure playoff privilege. Brand names in this pathetic process that we call the college football playoff they are the ones carrying the weight. And the only thing that matters is who's in. If, if The discussion of college football every week during the regular season is about who are the top four teams. Well, we don't have top four teams. We have about a top eight or nine teams, maybe ten this year. But that's not the conversation. We have dumbed down the regular season. We have turned uh, what should be a sport where we celebrate uh, magnificent stories of teams with turnarounds like Baylor's, from mere death penalty conversation in 2016 to an undefeated team with a great coach that everybody is uh, looking at, including several NFL teams, and no one in college football that covers it on a regular basis wants to cover it. We didn't have a problem covering their scandal a few years ago, but apparently we can't cover a team that is in the part of is is part of a great reclamation project like like Baylor and. You know, what P.J. Fleck's doing in Minnesota is pretty special, too. Uh, but, again, we, we dust that under the rug because they're not part of the big, bad, early brand names of college football that are part of this, what I call, Sun Belt Invitational every year. Clemson, Alabama, just write them in, and then who wants to join them? And, and it will more than likely be Oklahoma and Ohio State, and that's it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what everybody – That's that's what the entire – college football regular season narrative has become and as someone that loves the sport and has covered it for four decades, I think it's reprehensible.
2: So then Tim Oregon, if it goes twelve and one, could get aced out by four undefeateds. If Utah were to go twelve and one, it likely would obviously get aced out by undefeateds and some power brand name with only one loss. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean that's my that's the thing. I I, I don't I don't think that um I don't think that the Pac-12 can absorb uh, one-lost teams as its champion when, you know, Alabama could lose to LSU. And, and again, uh, trust me when I tell you, LSU beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Let's say it's a close game. Most believe that it would be. All right. Uh, let's say they win the game by a touchdown or less. And Alabama comes back and beats Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Well, Auburn beat – they beat Oregon. Auburn beat Oregon. Uh, And Alabama would have beaten Auburn in a rebound game in the Iron Bowl. And, uh, you know, so they don't play in the – this has happened before. Uh, uh, Auburn beat Alabama, you might recall, a couple of years ago. Didn't keep them out of the playoff because they only dropped to four in the playoff. They still got in. So schools like Alabama don't drop six, seven spots when they lose. They, they drop two or three spots. And when you play a team like Auburn and you're in the SEC and you have teams that you're playing that uh, have a better power rating than, than the teams you're playing in the other conferences like the Pac-12, these, these are the things that come your way. These are the uh, uh, political favors, if you want to call them that, that, that come your way. Georgia could find its way back in the hunt because of who they play. They've got the border war next week with, with Florida, uh, and then they play Auburn in the longest-standing Southern rivalry, and then you know, they could still represent the East in the SEC championship. So the path for those teams is just so much easier, even with a loss, than the Pac-12s could be. And that's, a, that's just a real problem.
0: Tim Brando joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, there's multiple rumors flying around Pac-12 media types about Urban Meyer getting a coaching job and about Chip Kelly maybe getting a different coaching job. Have you heard any of those? Do you believe any of those? What do you expect?
1: I don't think that Urban is going to take, for instance, the USC job. If there's another one out there other than that, uh, let me know. I think there was a story surfacing yesterday on the Internet about Florida State. Um, that i heard a little bit about late in the day i, I don't see urban doing the usc thing uh, i just don't um that that place is a dumpster fire with regard to its organization uh its uh lack of leadership uh in administration um you know an out another outgoing big name alumni uh um athletic director gone uh what direction is the president going to go or athletic director going to go if it, You know, Most of the time, I think if you're a head coach, you want to know who your AD is going to be before you go out. As I watch um, our big noon kickoff, and I don't know how you guys feel or if you've watched much of the show, but he looks to me like he's having a hell of a lot of fun. And I have spoken to him a couple of times, and he is having a great deal of fun. A lot of energy there. I think one of the reasons uh, they're going to Columbus this week is because of his urgency. He'd like to see that show become a two-hour show instead of a one-hour show. He's publicly stated that. Uh, I'm not saying he won't coach again, but if he does coach again, it's got to be a place where not only does he uh, believe in the direction of the university, but also knows he's got a great chance of winning a national championship. And uh, there aren't many places like that. You're limiting the opportunities quite a bit when you start talking about that kind of commitment. Um, so I'm not necessarily buying all that. Uh, a move by Chip Kelly makes sense to me, because he's not gotten what he needed from UCLA. Whatever, whatever he felt was promised, uh, they have not come through on. And that's a problem. Uh, so I could see him making a move. That, that, that one I can buy. But uh, Urban immediately going in, uh, and especially to a school out west, uh, I just don't see the fit right now. To me, USC would be uh, the, the most likely, but not with their, uh, their administration uh, in the current uh, position that it's in. They're, they're like a rudderless ship right now in terms of direction, so I don't see it.
0: Tim, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for joining us, and we'll watch you on the uh, Cal-Utah game on Saturday.
1: Thank you. I'm warming up on my Polynesian phonetics right <laughs> yeah, now. better, hey. huh? <laughs> that entire offensive and defensive front, right? Yep, yep, so warming yep. up on it as we speak. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Nice chatting with you guys. Always is good. Take care. Bye bye.